0: This is a Curious Line podcast brought to you by ING.
1: Hello and welcome back to the ING podcast here at GoTech World. We have a very interesting guest now, Ersvan Siginash, which is the Chief Information Officer for ING Romania. Hello, Ersvan. Hello, welcome everyone. Um, first of all, as we do at the ING Podcasts, I want to ask you to introduce yourself and what do you do at ING. So,
0: thank you for the invite. And uh, okay, let me start with a couple of things about myself. Um, I'm 39, Romanian, uh, a brave and proud product of the Romanian technology schools. I'm actually a graduate of the Polytechnical Schools here in here in Bucharest. And uh, over my professional career, I had a great deal of exposure with companies and projects um, across the world. I've uh, worked in the U.S. for a number of years for uh, the telecom space, uh, as well as in Romania, but also, uh, as as I'm sure you know, as part of the gaming industry for uh, for a brief period. I've joined ING a little more than six months ago, uh, and ever since that, it's been a amazing ride for me, because I found in ING an amazing culture, an amazing uh, talented team that really managed to do feats that uh, I I found hard to believe from uh, an outside perspective. I've been an ING customer for probably 18 years or so. Uh, But still, um, you you only get, as a customer, the feel Of what's happening inside once you get to see the reality you know how the magic is happening behind the curtains uh you understand it's it's not magic it's it's hard work it's talent it's a lot of teamwork uh is a result also of our agile way of working which is merging technical talent and business acumen unlike anywhere i've seen in the in the past and i think that's one of the main ingredients for success for us in ing
1: you've been in in telco you've been in gaming now you're in banking which we should say that banking is not the banking we we think about it's basically technology regarding banking so from your perspective what's what do gaming and banking have in common
0: well i can tell you there's a very few things that actually they don't have in common but the reality maybe the first thing that you should acknowledge is the fact that if we look at uh, our customers, 50% of the retail customers in Romania are millennials. Uh, If you look at the gaming industry, actually the average age there is even higher. So a lot of our customers are actually transporting their expectation of their digital experience quite completely from one space to the other. When you're talking about Implementing technology for these customers, their expectation is constantly the same. They want an always-on, always-available service. They, want, they have the same customer experience expectation. They want to have ergonomicity. They want to have ease of access. Uh, and, uh, and last but not least, they want uh, individually crafted experience. Pretty much like in games, Okay, you don't want to play the game like just anybody else, but you want to put your own a fingerprint on that and have your own entertainment experience. In banking, you as a customer expect to be individually understood by your, by your banking services provider and appreciated as such. And therefore, the challenges to create such services are very much alike. And this translates actually into a lot of other similarities around the way of working. Both industries have massively evolved into agile delivery. Uh, over the past few years, and we see that as a, an immediate response to needing to act quickly on change and on customer feedback. Um, the adoption of technologies, uh, at least on the on the back end of the systems, is, is quite consistent and similar between the two. We all need to enable this kind of real time feedback for the customers to leverage, in theory, on very similar technology stacks. So all in all, I think uh, the purpose may be different, but even from a technology perspective, we already see between these two apparently very different industries a great deal of cross pollination or a great deal of uh, you know dissemination of those historical boundaries that such uh, industries had uh, a while ago.
1: How do you how do you mix in uh, in in banking? You have a higher regulated environment. Everything you do is is supposed to be in, in the rules uh, given, given by the state, by the European Union and so on and so forth. How do you mix this regulated environment with the need for, for innovations?
0: Well, in order to stay compliant, actually, you need to be able to innovate to stay compliant. So I don't think the two being uh, two different topics. The, 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 the synergies there are, are, are quite immense. Of course, we operate in a highly regulated landscape. And I think that's the right thing to to, to, to work like when in Romania, we're subject to regulations coming from the National Bank, from the National Bank of Netherlands as well, for, of course, for the European Central Bank. And ultimately, this helps us actually uh, steer our visions, steer our, the way that we implement products and services in a very, very clear manner. How we deliver them, however, I think innovation is a uh, uh, is mandatory you will never be able to comply for instance to gdpr requirements unless you're really able to execute that in a very scalable and effective way for your customers so that's a name of the game we already see from a regular perspective uh, a lot of emphasis on the availability of the services on uh, maintaining a low risk profile for technology in the int landscape and that's actually no news. I mean, for us, this was the mantra to start with. We know that we need to be able to support that specifically because our customers dis- demanded first, uh, now that regulatory is coming with specific expectations on that. It's only s- defining a bit uh, the general rules of the game, but our our commitment to that was always there to start with. So to sum up, I think uh, it is re- regulatory requirements for our for us are another Uh, opportunity to demonstrate how we can innovate in execution and uh, we need to make no trade-off between customer expectation regulatory expectations alike and uh, that is for us the the name of the game
1: talking about customer expectations and you mentioned this personalization of services that you need to implement to serve the needs of every customer not just give them uh, a, a unique experience which is which is for for, for the customers. What are are the the trends you you have to follow now in digital banking besides this this personalization uh, thing?
0: So we in Romania service more than 1.3 million retail customers. And when looking at our customers, we understand that they have a very dominant digital behavior. Roughly a million of those customers are almost uh, exclusively accessing us through digital channels. Actually looking at our our average customer, uh, they only come and visit one of our offices in an average once a year. Now looking at their behavior, we see year on year a massively increasing trend of moving into mobile. And therefore, it is important to acknowledge that as the the needed environment for us to expose products and services and to cater for our customer lifecycle through that mobile landscape. Now, you know, you need to acknowledge the fact that once you go mobile, this raises a lot of opportunities because mobiles are always present, are always on us. Therefore, they're already very powerful computing devices. They're very feature-rich. Feature, feature and therefore, our ability to uh, enhance and to sophisticate the user's experience is actually growing exponentially. If you just look at a basic payment process. It's one thing to do a payment using a card. It's another thing to do it with your smartphone. And uh, that in itself is a huge opportunity for us to, to enhance that, that user experience most massively. So that uniqueness that users expect of us, it needs to come from this uh, landscape of the opportunities coming from, uh, from leveraging mobile. And in order to be able to create the premises for that, We, as engineers in this industry, we need to acknowledge that we need to really look at our technical capabilities in a way that we can create very meaningful real-time experiences which are hooked to events of our users' life. The moment you you go and make a purchase of a plane ticket for your vacation to Greece, that is an event that we can connect to in order to give you a richer experience, give you advice around your finances, give you recommendations of where you can sit, what cars you can rent, uh, etc. So what I'm describing is not only a unique experience for you, but a gradual opening of the banking propositioning
1: beyond banking.
0: That's actually what's complementing basically this uh, unique experiences for the customers for the future.
1: So digitalization made. Banking to think sides basically uh, um, in interacting with your money with your finances. What kind of experiences should we expect from for the clients of of ING uh, in the future, complementing as you said their banking experience? Should we think basically uh, to the to the bank to the bank ecosystem as one of the most important uh, segments in the tech industry, which will which will basically help uh, giving more more experiences to the to the customers?
0: In the future, I think we we need to look at banks as a a trusted partner for us because our relationship. For our accounts, even from regulatory perspective, needs to be one based on a mutual understanding and trust. Once we can trust each other, I think this pans a lot into these opportunities that we can we can we can discuss about. For us, on the on the near short on the very short term, we are now even looking for the second half of the year to to launch a full digital onboarding process. Therefore, making sure that we acquire the right kind of data and pr- present. A fully digital process for you uh, as a new customer for us. Then also we're uh, we're planning to launch um, um, cont- uh, cardless ATMs. We've sp- invested so much in mobile payments, and therefore right now these cardless um, processes are actually opening as a huge opportunity for our customers to further leverage that. For, in conclusion, you will no longer need the piece of plastic that you used to have in your in your pocket. But looking forward, our entire uh, vision is, is based on an open ecosystem. We're building our systems and processes in a way that we can um, easily interconnect with other global ecosystems. And may then come from other business segments. May they come from social media. Uh, this kind of rich experiences that we want to offer to our customers on the long run rely on our ability of bringing within our Trust relationship with our customer. Uh, this kind of enhancements. So these capabilities we're already building, and uh, you will be looking in the next couple of years of more and more of such examples uh, coming into us into this relationship with the customers.
1: We've seen, ING was was the bank that basically in in the past had some offline presence, but. I don't know, comparing to other, to other companies from, from the market, had a limited offline um, a presence. Nowadays, you have less and less offline interaction inside the bank. And I know that you uh, got rid of, of basically the the part where you interact with, with a bank employer to take your cash, to pay your your bills. How was that perceived or how much of a bold move was inside the company to take the decision that all the transactions a client needs can be done to an ATM, to uh, uh, online banking, mobile banking, and so on and so forth?
0: Well, I think we were extremely confident at the end result and at the fact that the end result is actually in the best interest of our customers. And we've seen that from, um, from a lot of perspectives. Talking about um, you know, getting rid of the cash processes in, in the offices, yes, you, that no longer is uh, as a presence in our, in our offices. However, if you look at small businesses that still have a lot of cash interactions, the fact that they can at any hour, at any day, 24-7, simply come to one of our offices and deposit their cash through a machine, that's immediately um, puts the cash in their account, that's something amazing. So far, you can, um, there's the, still the experience for many businesses is that they have secured uh, transport, they have employees that need to rush to the bank and before the bank closes, otherwise they will no longer to be able to do the deposit. And I think looking from customer perspective, this was the right move. And... The feedback, yes, we've been receiving that, we're listening to that, and we're, we're acting on feedback. But honestly, the feedback was amazingly positive. Therefore, this was an opportunity for us to further evolve our physical presence into a digital one. Because, yes, we do have a physical presence still, and we will be having a physical presence still, but it's important not to have to come to the bank. It's important to come to the bank when you feel you need the right piece of advice, when you want to have a what if scenario conversation with an expert, uh, once you are within that bank, the enablers that will be be put at your disposal are the same digital enablers that we are actually exposing for digital channels as well. So it's evolving into uh, the the presence, uh, into the office, that experience into one which is more like a, a coffee shop kind of a conversation. We hope it's, it's, it's a pleasant one. We're looking at improving that, evolving it further, uh, because I think still we're humans and humor interaction has a lot to do about that trust relationship that we need to create. But let's make it, you know, a love relationship, not a mandatory presence. Eh?
1: How do you manage the feedback of your, of your customers? Uh, what do you take from, from their opinions, from their needs? in the in the digital uh, um, part of the of the experience and how do you manage afterwards inside the teams to develop new features and new products
0: that's a very good question because you need, you always need to look at feedback from these both angles how you listen and how you act on it and the reality that the more digital you know the broader are the channels for which customers actually reach to you or provide feedback And often we get that feedback actually through social media, not necessarily from our direct uh, ING channels. So that comes with a different kind of behavior. And that is uh, a kind of feedback that is instant, a kind of feedback that uh, is immediately visible to mass audiences of ING customers or not customers alike. And therefore, your ability to listen in an effective manner there is critical. And we're doing a lot of work to be able to to step up to that expectation. Now, once we perceive that feedback, let it be good, let it be bad. In reality is that you need to be able to act on it fast. And that's actually where the effectiveness of our agile way of working comes into place, because um, we have the ability to prioritize key things, issues or opportunities that are coming from our customers into the backlog of our engineering and business teams alike and be able to go live, go to market very quickly with answers to that. Now, the digital means for us to actually be able to make these changes across all of our channels and uh, and reaching all of our customers are always uh, evolving. And frankly, we are now looking at technology processes that are making us closer and closer to uh, near real time ability to, to change and react. So again, thank you for the question. I don't think this is a, a topic that we'll ever be able to fully answer. And as our customer expectations grow, and as our complexity of our channels and services and propositions grow, this will always be a, a thing on the top of our minds.
1: We, we also talked here in, in the ING lounge uh, earlier at the ING Talks about this challenge of being an early adapter in technology and in Romania and all over Europe, ING is known for implementing technology before before it was cool to say, to say it like that. So um, how do you manage to keep your position as an innovator having a product which is, for all that matters, is some years old? How do you put new features on it or think about developing a completely new one
0: Well, you're a bit leading me into the answer here i have to admit uh and there is already actually a part of the answer in, in the area where you're going because the reality uh, in many cases talking to other uh of my peers in various other industries not only banking the reality is that there is always a depth there is always some uh, big mammoth technology that you have uh in your back end and which constraints, you know, your ability to move fast, to innovate, to adopt change. And I think for us at ING, uh, a key part of our ability to innovate fast is the fact that we've dealt with those demons very fast. And we've acknowledged the fact that we don't need, we must not let this kind of technology debt accumulate for us, because eventually it will have multiplicating effects into the future. So for us all, not only for myself but also at business level and uh, our, even to our CEO level, the level of IT risk and technical debt that we maintain in the banks are, um, in the bank uh, is actually a very cre- a criteria of our success. So we are acting on that before it becomes um, a burden for, uh, for all of us. I think this helps us be able to shape our solutions, our infrastructure, our architecture making it future-proof. Of course, future changes faster in our our line of business. Therefore, that is always uh, an ongoing concern for us. Then, when you look at what is our role, actually, as uh, engineers in the organization, we need to be able to hint where the future is going and create capabilities for that to happen on the long run. Therefore, the way that we invest And this kind of new technologies is actually uh, looking at our vision to be on a long term uh, open bank that is uh, integrating into big ecosystems out there. And therefore, the adoption of open source technology is quite an often uh, situation in in our reality. The adoption of open standards, solutions which are scalable, containerized, event based. Uh, all of this is, is on the top of our mind. So this brings me to the third part of the of the answer, because once you create the capabilities, you need to build a culture of innovation. Yes, we're operating within a very uh, highly regulated space, and therefore uh, we need to create the right kind of environment for people to iterate, for people to try out new things, to fail fast, to learn fast. And um, once we get to the right kind of solutions that look scalable look relevant for the long run to have the right kind of framework to productize that innovation and that's actually happening with us in ing at multiple levels locally globally we have an innovation function which is reporting directly to our ceo worldwide and therefore we surface both from central uh, teams and as well as from uh, various markets all sorts of such opportunities to innovate and we create, even in, a, in the midst of our teams, all sorts of hackathons, contests, uh, ideas. We gamify the concept of innovation, if you want to call it that way. And we do this basically to make sure that we get the right kind of ideas and we are able then to do the right things right.
1: You mentioned about the culture of innovation. What does it mean? You, 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 you uh, told me some of, some of the parts of what makes a company have uh, a culture of innovation. But you mentioned one interesting thing, fail fast. How can you fail fast in banking, in developing products in, in banking? Because it's, it's one of the most sensitive domains in the world. So how can you put this if you, have, if you have a social network, for example, you can fail very fast. You put ten features, nine are very bad, one is good and life goes on. Well,
0: we, we need to talk a bit about what, what that failure could be, because in reality, it may be a very good thing, but simply does not resonate to your customers. Uh, or in itself, it may be on a, pro, a solution which doesn't scale, is not reliable, is not uh, secure, etc. And frankly, uh, that environment of innovation needs to be able for us to to create that facility for us to be able to prototype and trial successfully these kind of things. In reality, we do a lot of inception projects in which we try various things. This doesn't mean many of them end up actually being visible to a customer at any point. If very few of them get actually to that level of security, we usually already start uh, addressing Um, small customer segments, you know, the friendly users that want to try out some things for us, provide us feedback, uh, and help us learn together whether this is something relevant or not for them. Uh, That is always, I think, the the key ingredient there. Definition of failure, I think, is actually ultimately uh, something that we need to subject to the test of the customers. Um, We've always seen that Um, That test itself is actually the one that proves us right or wrong. Ultimately, yes, we have a very strong culture of uh, risk awareness. And therefore, whenever we end up proposing something to our customers, you can rest assured it's safe, it's reliable from from a customer's risk perspective, there's no there's no issue there. But ultimately, success for us is not Um, defined by our ability to deliver to one market now or to one customer now, it's from the perspective of our strategy as an open global bank. Therefore, we look at that success as ability for it to have a time to scale to products that can evolve, grow and have a long term life cycle uh, for us and for our customers.
1: What should we expect from, from ING, from ING Romania in the near future? And what kind of products and features we'll be seeing?
0: Well, I think I've mentioned briefly some of them already. Uh, in the very near future, we're, uh, we're talking about uh, the digital onboarding process, uh, which is an end-to-end onboarding process fit for, uh, for the right kind of digital experience for our customers. We're talking about um, cardless ATMs uh which we believe will be another continuation of our uh strategy for uh mobile payments and uh, of course an acknowledgement of the fact that still in Omeria we do have a quite reasonable amount of cash uh going into the economy so therefore we need to connect into that as well uh and on then further down the down the road we're already looking at uh, partnerships beyond banking to bring as part of this more complex proposition uh, for our customers. In the years to come, uh, you should be able to already experience some of that uh, to our customers. It's going to be more of a theme for us ongoing.
1: Ivan, thank you very much for coming at the ING podcast.
0: Thank you very much. And uh, for us being here at GoTech has been an opportunity for dialogue, for conversation. We've been showcasing a lot of our ideas, but uh, we've been listening as well. There's a lot of other companies, some of them customers here, that either go through very similar digital evolutions, and we've got a lot of things we've we've learned, and we will continue to learn from them. And, of course, a lot of customers that joined us here had some drinks, uh, got to see a bit of the faces behind their products and services. I witnessed some very interesting conversations between uh Home bank customers and uh, architect and chief developer of homebank it's uh, it 's really amazing to see when uh, what happens when you when you put faces to to that name um, all in all a very experience very great experience for us and looking forward for more than that
1: thank you very much. thank you all for listening the ing podcast here at Go Tech World. please tell us what do you want from your bank what do you need from your digital experience. And if you liked our podcast, you can share it and start the conversation. Thank you very much.